Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Uh, today, we are going to talk about what's new in technology, uh, specifically around a couple topics. Uh, first is going to be synthetic media, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the immersive internet. Uh, so first off with uh, synthetic media, I think this term is like super new. I had not heard it until uh, maybe this week, which is sort of a... Uh, it's very weird, but just sort of a brief overview, synthetic media, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, Rochelle, but uh, the way I see it is it's, and I was listening to a different podcast this morning, which also mentioned it, but so we've got all these AI and technology things that can do a really good job of representing what humans should, or what a human is, or what a human writes, or what a human thinks, and now we're getting to the point where instead of just writing out words, AI, technology, all this stuff can do like a full-on news broadcast. So <laughs> you could be watching your TV and see two humans discussing the news, but neither of them are actually real humans. They're just uh, AI technology replacements of humans that are summarizing the news using these AI technologies and spitting them back out in a way that a human would. Is, is that right? I think it's it's really um it's it's more I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. Every time I get into reading about this and, and listening to people talk about this, I think that I think the word that that I I hear most often is manipulation of something, right? And so, you know, we had talked about this in this podcast for uh, last year. And first let me say happy new year, you know, to our listeners, you know, happy 2024. And I wish you all, all the best in this new year. But um, you remember um, Tom Hanks had been on the warpath about people using his likeness, you know, and then there had been a lot of talk when um, the actors had gone on strike about, mm -hmm. you know, using their likeness and things like this. But, but first, um, I'd like to talk about what is a deep fake you know so we had heard i had heard this term many times you know in the last year in 2023 and i kept thinking what is a deep fake you know yeah. so you know i heard fake news and you know i'd heard all these different th terms and so when i when you put synthetic media beside deep fakes like okay what does that mean so yeah so I think they're mostly the same thing. At least that was my understanding is that when, at least when I think of deep fakes, I think of it as sort of the next step of like Photoshopping someone's face onto another person's body. Like, you know, 10 years ago, if you wanted to make it look like Drew was, uh, you know, in Hawaii, you could like copy and paste my face onto someone who lived in Hawaii. And now it looks like Drew is in Hawaii. The problem with that is, you know, I'm not moving. My face isn't moving. Uh, people can pretty easily tell like, oh, this is just a copy paste because, you know, shadows are wrong. Uh, there might be mismatches between skin tones. Like it just wasn't very good. And these deep fakes are more of like using AI or machine learning 
they can really smooth out all of that bad stuff and make it look like, oh, Drew actually is out there surfing in Hawaii. Uh, I don't, you know, all the shadows line up, his face is moving, he's talking, it really sounds like Drew, and it makes it really hard to say, like, well, was he actually in Hawaii, or is this just completely fake? So, but Drew, let's, let's talk about one of your favorite things in movies. Mm -hmm. So if you think about movies early on, so you'd see an actor, you know, let's just say um, uh, one of these are really... Um, Act, actors that have a lot of actions in it, right? So the actor would be on camera looking like he's doing this action. So he's jumping from tall buildings or he's uh, doing a lot like in these Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. And so you have on camera, it looks like the actor is doing all of these things, but he would have a substitute or, you know, someone else who's really doing all these act actor things, you know, these, you know, these things that are, which if we would say dangerous, right? Yep. Yep. The stunt so, doubles. Right. So in a way, if you think about synthetic media, it's in a, taking that to a whole nother level. Right. So now it's not only are you not having a double, a stunt double, you have someone that's actually replicating you totally with or without your permission. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was doing my uh, work on uh, when I was getting my um, my certificate on um, um, uh digital media, if you will, or or what we, we originally talked about when we were doing cryptocurrency, you know what, I was getting my certificate in that, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, these transactions in, in, in money, you know, how that would work, you know, and it, we learned a lot about how, you know, different types of currency was taking over traditional currency, right? So you had paper money, dimes, nickels, pennies, you know, dollar bills. And so now you have this new digital currency. So in a lot of ways, you see this transition of all things that are moving from what we traditionally knew it to be, you know, from actors and their stunt doubles to money, to digital money. And so now you have this new sy synthetic media in, in, in the way we're thinking about it now, we're not thinking about it in a good light. Like when you think about stunt doubles, we thought of that as positive. We think about digital money in a lot of ways, we see that as positive. But we think about synthetic media. Are we thinking about that in a positive light, Drew? You know, I, I think so. I, I feel like this is maybe a good thing. I don't know that it's, I mean, like anything, it can be abused. But I think as far as the pros go, having something synthetic do this sort of stuff does free the humans up for doing other things. Like if, and I'm just going to use like the news example again, like if I'm a news anchor, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Cause if, if I'm a news anchor and my job is to read the news, well, that may be like no longer a thing anymore. Cause they can fake an actual news actor doing the news. If they use my image, I would certainly hope that they would, you know, pay me for that and you know image likeness voice and all that but they're still probably not going to pay as much as if i were actually sitting there reading the news uh but again like all technologies like is just reading the news going to be enough for like a full-on profession now like maybe not that may be something that is relatively quickly scooped up by ai and those journalists are going to have to find uh something else which uh, sort of sucks but i don't know Speaking from the consumer end, is it better for consumers to have a real human reading the news versus a synthetic, you know, 
estimation of a human, I think as long as it's being proofread by humans, it's probably fine. Did you see a little off topic? Did you see the Wall Street Journal is suing AI, whoever AI yeah. is, because they had been, you know, going through Wall Street Journal news stories. And, and you know, I think yeah. that, you know, it depends on which side of the couch you sit. You know, if you are young and um, and and technologically sane, for lack of a better term, this doesn't bother you. But if you're older, like my age, and probably not quite as old as I am, this is a little disconcerting because how do you know what's real, right? So, yeah. you know, is this the real Drew? Is this the real Drew Stennett I'm looking at? Can I? Is that really you, Drew? How do I prove that's really you? Or uh, you, you don't know. I mean, it may not be me. <laughs> right. And so, as what you're telling me now, true. So the so how do I? authenticate you, Drew? How do I know it's the real Drew? So are there some key code words I can ask you so I can prove that you're really the real Drew? And then is what the this Drew telling me real or not? You know, and so I think that in a lot of ways, young people may take it at face value, right? So if you sit here and tell me, well, today uh, the, the Dow went up eight points and um, you know, there was no murders in America and, you know, whatever and ever. And OK, so that's face value. Whereas me as an older person, I may want something to substantiate those those things you just told me, you know. So, mm -hmm. you know, and so where can I go to verify what you said? So if AI is controlling everything, the only way I can disprove what AI has said is to have some other kind of source. And without that source. And and if the way of the world is AI, we may never know. We may never yeah. have. So what Dan Early came on and talked to us about misinformation. How do you correct misinformation if everything you have is misinformation, right? Yeah. You know, so the problem with these AI synthetic tools and digital tools and all those things is how do you know what they're telling you is real? Yeah. And that, I mean, I don't know that you can, like as a human, I don't think you can do that right now. The, uh, I mean, where I sort of fall, where that should be, where, where I think that should fall is usually like uh, reputable journalism, right? Like, are you reading a news source that's like really, really trustworthy and not far too biased in one direction or another? And those like sources are harder and harder to find now. You know, like we used to have local news and now all the local news channels are bought up by, you know, conglomerations that you know they're probably mostly uh uh they're probably mostly fine but they're not 100 fine like they have their own agendas now as well and it's 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 really hard to find i think like good uh good local journalism especially and then you know not going down the rabbit hole of uh incredibly biased sites left wing left wing or white right wing i mean there's plenty of both and uh if you want to just like sort of go into an echo chamber and read exactly what you think the world should be you can definitely do that now and cite that as real news to other people when it's not necessarily real or it's only sprinkled with real things exactly and and the the question that everyone should be asking is are we comfortable with where we're going and is there anything you can do to prevent us from going where we're going? And I think the answer to that is no. There's yeah. no way to stop this. This is a train 
that's out of control and it's moving so fast there's no way to get it out. And everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, that's not fair. There's no such thing as a ubiquitous everybody or everything. But I think that it's cheaper to have a tool like AI to do everything. And, you know, we have talked about this a gazillion times, but I do believe that most of the jobs that technicians do, most of the jobs that can be replaced by tools like AI will be done because it's cheaper than humans, yeah. right? Yeah. Insurance, benefits, and all that stuff you have to pay. Humans can be done away with because these AI tools can do it cheaper and in some cases better because if they can learn how we think, the only thing they don't know how to do is factor in emotions, you know? Yeah. That's the shortcoming of technology. And if they can make these digital humans learn how to feel and and have emotions, well, what's yeah. those movies that say that, you know, they press the buttons and what is iRobot and all those things <laughs> just wipe us out? Yeah. Or just fake the emotions. I mean, that's all they really need to do too. Like they don't need to have like a real like, you know, emotional system, but they need to know how humans would have what humans emotional systems are like, and they can just copy it. Yeah, I don't think they can do that really well. Okay. <laughs> so, Maybe not yet, but I think it's coming. Exactly. And I, and I believe that too, because, you know, I've, told, I've said this to everybody I can say who listens to me. In 10 years, paper money or the money that we have today will no longer exist. Maybe not even 10 years. I don't know how long, but it yeah. doesn't make sense for us to have paper money. It's too hard to track. It's too hard to manage. It's not reasonable. So, Cryptocurrency or whatever you want to call it is coming. And if you look at television every single day, they're telling you. You may not be paying attention, but they're telling you it's coming. And so for older people or people who don't understand, there's no reason for cash. None, there's not one single reason for it. And banks yeah. and these people who manage it understand that what they're trying to do is get these generations who are bankless or have do not have a bank or do not know how to... I have to figure out those are the people that are holding up us to move to cashless societies. Yeah. So digital humans are a part of that. So yeah. Drew, let's talk about immersive internet. I, when I when I read that, you know, I kept thinking about, you know, remember um uh what is it? They were um and I, I get their names wrong so often, but they were um, not L and O D, but they were something else before that. And I can't remember what their CIT. That's what they were called before. Center mm. for yeah, Center for Internet it, Information. Is it innovative Technologies, or I don't know what they're called now, but um, they were in um, in the um, Rubenstein Building for a long time. Um, but they're called something else. And when they first introduced AR and and VR. It was sort of more like a fun thing. It wasn't what we were thinking about as this thing that was going to take us to a new and innovative thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. now it is as much a part of digital humans and this AI thing as anything else. And uh, I remember the first time I bought my husband's class cardboard. Do you remember cardboards? Oh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Google Cardboard. They were so cheap. They were so yeah. fun. You know, take a phone, pop it in there, and it was fun. But it was just a yeah. fun thing. You know, get something for kids to do, for people to do that was fun. Yeah. 
Now, Drew, look at where we are now. So, Drew, tell us what immersive internet is. Yeah. So this is, I, I really like this topic because when I think about like how you, I think the topic of how you interact with your computers is very cool. And it really hasn't changed that much uh, in the last like two to three decades, right? Like we went from having text-based computers to graphical interface computers. And that's sort of where it's stuck, right? Like you have window management, windows pop up, they're constrained in this, you know, laptop screen or desktop monitor that you have. Uh, but with the immersive technology, which is AR, VR, which is augmented reality or virtual reality, you pretty much, instead of having a computer screen that is stationary and sits on your desk, you have a screen for each eyeball and with augmented reality, there's actually a camera on those screens that points out the other direction. So instead of having to like forcibly turn your head to look at, you know, something on your computer, the stuff is just there and is popping up in front of your eyeballs. And through the magic of human chemistry, brains, whatever, because there's two different screens, they do something and make it look like it is actually real. And with that, it looks like holograms and things are popping up in front of you or things that don't exist now suddenly exist uh, in your brain through your eyeballs, which sounds very strange. But I like to think of it, you know, instead of having to click on a desktop, maybe you just use your finger and point to a document that's floating in the air. Or, you know, I, I always think of that movie Minority Report where they have, you know, special gloves and, you know, you're flicking through things. They're not wearing glasses in that. These are actually like holograms, which we're not there as a technological society yet, but we're pretty much there with AR and VR. And I really like I, I really like that as a concept. Like, I think that could be really cool once they get it uh, right, which I don't think they've quite done yet, but I think they're getting really close. Uh, the headsets you have to wear right now are still not super comfortable. Uh, I had one a couple years ago for the PlayStation. And while it was really cool, it was also very clunky. Like, you know, the glasses are really heavy. My head's sweating the whole time. I, you know, you can't like, when you when you got this thing on you, you can't just like pop it up and go get something to drink. Like you have to disassemble it all and put it all back on. And it it was just a little too clunky for me. But I think all of that is getting like, way better now and all these glasses are getting lighter the technology is getting faster uh one big issue with all of this is like the refresh rates on those screens in front of your eyes yeah. like if they're too slow it makes it makes your brain sick and makes you nauseous which i didn't experience that a ton when using it but i did have it a little bit uh but it's just getting better, right? Those refresh rates are getting faster. Uh, everything's getting more realistic. And it's it's very cool. And I, I sort of look forward to having like, uh, you know, maybe instead of a traditional, you know, consumer laptop, maybe soon we'll just have these things that we put on our face that look like sunglasses and have all of our data, everything connected right there. And I think I think that could be really cool. So but why do they call it the immersive internet? I mean, wh what's the... What's the connection between these, uh, you know, headsets and and the internet? So I see it more of like, so when we jump back, I was sort of talking more about computer interfaces, but when we think about web interfaces right now, a traditional web interface is literally just like a web browser, right? It's the thing that you bring up and go to google.com or facebook.com or any of those sites. And it more or less looks like the old school, just a window on your computer. 
with the immersive internet, at least in my understanding, is that it brings in all of the AR, VR things to your internet experience. So instead of maybe typing in google.com, well, maybe you move your virtual avatar through this augmented world to the, you know, Google website that way. And now all of a sudden you can start, you know, searching things, plucking out results. And then same with Facebook. Google doesn't sound super interesting with that, but like thinking about Facebook, if you're a heavy Facebook user and you like, you know, scrolling through your friends' feeds, well, with this immersive technology, well, maybe now you can just sort of move through your friends group in this virtual interface and see, you know, uh, synthetic representations of them and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, soon you might even be able to interact with them, uh, whether it's actually your friend or a synthetic version of your friend. Uh, and while that's creepy and I don't know that I love it, it does sound very cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I put something in the, um, in the chat. The interesting thing is um, these new thing, Ray-Ban introduced a new pair of glasses that has this, uh, um, live streaming thing is is not like Google Glass at all, but it's this mm -hmm. new technology that they put in there. So it seems like everybody's trying to get into this this um, technology in their 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 glasses and and whatever, trying to bring this to. So I I just wonder, is it possible that we could be on our way to finding ways to allow people to connect, not only through our technological means, you know, so I am I, one of these people that believe laptops and desktop computers are really going to go away. You know, yeah. people are going to find a way to do everything either on their phone or some other means, you know, so, you know, I look, so PlayStation, and I don't know about the Xbox, but PlayStation has introduced a new PlayStation box in at least four or five years. I'm assuming they're going to introduce one, but it's going to get smaller you know, mm -hmm. it's going to be, you know, more manageable. But this AR and VR things, you know, um, I haven't seen anything from Meta. I remember they bought, um, what was the company they bought? That had Oculus. The, Oculus, right. Yeah. You know, so I haven't seen them introduce, at least Christmas time, they hadn't talked about them. I remember early in the year they had talked about them. But I'm assuming that these technologies are going to get, get more reasonable like the remember the when the vcr first came out it was ten thousand dollars and it got now you can buy one for five dollars I mean, oh yeah technologies are going to get more reasonably priced but to be such that people can live in in more cost effective means you know smaller things that allow people to use them in multiple ways and across platforms right so across you know they won't be so proprietary so only apple or only microsoft or whatever but across platforms that allow you to do this. So, but when we think about immersive internet, is it such that people will be able to, you know, walk around, you know, throughout the day? So in other words, what you were just describing, you got to take it off, but will they be able to, you know, like oh, sunglasses yeah. or something, lift it up off your head and be able to pull it down and, you know, walk around and, you know, having their lunch break or whatever, or be able to, you know, play with each other. So let's just say you're on your lunch break and you and your colleagues are sitting outside and maybe you all be able to play a game, you know, play, play PlayStation. You know, yeah. will it get to the place where it's it's user-friendly and across multiple platforms? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think, so the multiple platform things is an interesting question. I, I think it will get uh, a lot friendlier to use uh, probably within the year. I think 
Apple has like their own augmented reality glass that they're supposed to be releasing. I don't think they released it yet, but it sounds uh, the reviews are very positive of it, but it's like super expensive. It was, I don't remember the exact price, but it was, uh, it has the Apple price on there for sure. It's not a, yeah. uh, yeah. easy to buy thing. And yeah. I, my expectation is when that comes out, it's going to be immediately copied by if it's not Everybody. already being copied by Everybody. all this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, while that sort of sucks for Apple that people are, you know, going to be sort of hanging on to their technology, I think that'll be good for the consumers because it's going to bring the price down for uh, everything. You know, if Samsung makes one for $300 and the Apple one is $10,000, the Samsung one's going to be a lot easier for most folks to buy. And while it'll probably be a lot suckier or a lot worse to start, it'll just like their phones, it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's what's really interesting about that. So what Apple has done, you know, and again, you know, admittedly, I am an app. I love everything Apple. You know, I'm I'm an Apple kind of girl. They they like Mercedes. They said when when they come out, they are the cream of the crop and everybody else comes along and, and copies them. And eventually everybody else's product gets better. Now, yeah. you know, if I didn't buy Apple, the only other product I would buy is Samsung. I would not buy anything Google makes, you know. Yeah, they just want too much of your information. You know, I just can't, I can't sell my whole life to them. You know, like, you know, I, I have a problem with the Google Pixel. You know, I just can't. Mm -hmm. Every time somebody tells me they're going to buy one, I try to scare them away. <laughs> like, please, you're just giving your whole life to them. You know, don't, you know, don't get a Google Nest, you know. Have you know, yeah. if you have Gmail, have a little bit of your life that belongs to you, you know, because yeah. if you call to Google, you know, you will never belong to yourself again, you know. So, and yeah. you know, that's that's just my opinion. I, I as, as a listener, I'm just saying, you know, if you ought to have some parts of your life that that's separated from others, you know, you know, if you have Google everything, that means Google has everything of yours, you know. So you know, try to have a little bit of your life separated from the other if you can. Because yeah. if for any reason things go wrong, things will go wrong. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? So, but I think that these immersive technologies and this synthetic media are really important things for us to think about. Because as consumers, we are all subject to this. And if you don't know what's real today, believe me, in a few years, you're not going to really know what's real. And, you know, read up on these things. You know, I mean, it doesn't hurt you to follow news stories about these technologies as they come out. And Drew and I will do our best to bring these to the table. But it's up to you to follow up and find out more. Because in this time that we have allocated here, we can't go into deep, deep dives. And we can, we can touch the surface. But you as listeners need to find out more and make yourself aware of what's out there. Yeah. Because, you know, as as my mother used to say, you know, it, it ain't always for you. You know, they yeah. aren't always out there for you, you know. And, you know, as Drew and I say, if it's free, it's not free. <laughs> yeah, nothing, nothing in this world is free. Nothing. <laughs> well, I think that's a good spot to wrap up on. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. If you have any questions or anything else you'd like us to discuss or give us feedback on, shoot us an email to imminentteachnology at gmail.com, and we would love to hear from you. Thank you.